0: Java. This is the Tbilisi Podcast, covering life, travel, and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfuntravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthestours.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Tbilisi Podcast, a show about life and travel in Tbilisi, Georgia. I am your host, Meg. I run a website called foodfuntravel.com and I decided to do a podcast because I love Georgia and I live in Georgia and I just wanted to be able to tell people about what it's like to be here and make life a little bit easier for people that are already here because there are a few things you need to navigate. So anyway, this is my podcast. I'm doing it with my husband, Tom. Hi, Tom.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> I was expecting a response from you, but apparently you can't speak back because this is a podcast.
0: Says, Hi, Tom.
1: Yeah, we need to do a live podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is uh one of the first episodes that we're doing of this show. We wanted to do this show to yeah, as I said, to sort of, you know, teach people a little bit more about what it's like living in Tbilisi, make things a little bit easier. I mean, I just feel like there's a little bit of a path that you need to navigate in order to fully have your head around being in Tbilisi. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, whether you're a tourist coming here for just a few days for a weekend trip, uh, or a tourist coming here for a few weeks, or a digital nomad for a few months, or uh, an expat who actually lives here, or someone who's just planning to relocate to Georgia and wants to learn a little bit more to figure out if they want to live here, that's what this podcast is for.
0: Or someone that's lived here for years and just wants to learn new things.
1: Yeah, yeah. We hope that we're going to be able to provide information that will, uh, will speak to all of those groups of people all the different people. If you like Georgia or want to like Georgia or want to come to Georgia or are already in Georgia, that's what this podcast is for, to to share the wonder that is Georgia. We
0: exactly. So this is one of our first episodes that we are doing. You know, we decided to sort of focus on those people that maybe have been to Georgia before or live in Georgia right now. This episode is for you.
1: Yeah. So The point of this episode is we could have started with the most famous attractions in Georgia, but let's face it, everybody who lives here already probably already knows the most famous attractions. Well, Tbilisi specifically, not Georgia that we're talking about today. You probably already know the most famous attractions. So we thought, let's do that one in a few months' time, Uh, and then all of you guys who are listening here in Tbilisi who are here right now, you're going to maybe get a few tips on some places you haven't seen, or maybe if you just arrived, you won't have seen these, but you might have heard of the most famous ones already. So we've got some places we really like that maybe are not the most famous tourist attractions. So we really hope you will learn something new here.
0: Always. I mean, my aim in anything is to learn something new. So I hope that we can do that for our audience today.
1: Exactly. All right. So we are talking about the most interesting, slightly more off track attractions and things to do in Tbilisi. That is the goal today. So what's first?
0: Okay, so the first one, and I love this place. It's called the Ethnography Museum. Did I pronounce that right, Ethnography?
1: Yeah, I think that in English, of course, it would be ethnography. Ethnography, I believe. But and that I think eth- ethno they say here uh, in Georgian. But we are not Georgian professional speakers. We are very bad at speaking Georgian. You will find through these episodes that oh. we're going to need to get local experts on to try and pronounce things for us. That's definitely going to happen. But yeah, let's just say it's the Ethnographic Museum.
0: Yes. Uh, So this place is fantastic, and one of the reasons I like it is because it shows an authentic way of the way that people throughout the different regions of Georgia lived their lives throughout history. And the people that built it actually got traditional homes from the different regions, packed them up brick by brick and moved them to this massive field by Turtle Lake.
1: Yeah, we were talking about people relocating to Georgia. They relocated Georgia to Tbilisi, yes, basically.
0: Yes, So it was established in 1966 by Georgian ethnographer Georgi Chitaya. Chitaya. We,
1: we were pretty clear at the start that we I'm can't so pronounce sorry. any of these. And we're really sorry. This is a you know Tbilisi expert podcast, not a Tbilisi local Georgians podcast. So we, we're trying. We'll try really hard. But uh, Georgi, today, no, I can't do it either. No, so that that's really embarrassing. It's an embarrassing start. I to know. Our, I'm uh, really sorry. Anyway, it's podcasts. a really
0: cool place. Thanks to Georgi, you did like a really cool thing back
1: in 1966.
0: Exactly. Uh, so it is all completely outdoors. It's an outdoor museum that lets you step back in time. And as I mentioned before, you can see how people from different regions around Georgia used to live. And of course, Georgia has different climates and different micro regions. So the homes that they built are evident of the different climates and how they uh, survived in those climates.
1: Yeah, there's so many different climates in Georgia. There's actually 12 different uh, climactic zones in a country that's only uh, three and a half, four million people. It's a really small country that you can drive across in like seven, eight hours or so, but there's all these different climates. So everyone had to be smart when they built homes in each different region of Georgia. They had designed their homes to be a way that would work for that exact climate. And that's what you'll see all in one place because they've all been relocated.
0: Yeah. So you can walk around from house to house. One of the things that we found so super sweet about it is that in some of the homes that you'll visit, you'll actually have a little guide waiting there.
1: Not a little guide. I don't mean like uh, someone who's quite short. I'm, <laughs> we were talking about no. uh, a guide. There is an actual guide that's in each place.
0: Think think of like your local homely library lady. That's that's the sort of people that are waiting there to tell you all about have the librarians homes.
1: librarians in every ethnographic home. Well, some of them, not everyone. <laughs> oh, but that's what they're yeah. like. No, it's Anyway, cool.
0: knowledgeable people that are there to tell you about the home, tell you about the people that used to own that home because they still have like family portraits on the walls and stuff like that and just tell you about why that particular home was important for the region that it was built in.
1: I really loved it because when you you walk in and when you first go there, you, you sort of walk in the room and then you're like, there's someone else here, okay? And then they just start telling you stuff. You're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. No. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and they, as I mentioned before, they tell you like the history of the home and the people that owned it, and I just think it's a really special place. I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. You know how you sometimes go to – different museums and you're like I'm just going to this because I don't know I got to do something in this town I really really enjoyed this place it I thought it was wonderful and really well done
1: it's I mean technically if you described it in a negative way you say it's a bunch of old buildings on the side of a hill but it's really not like that you could look at it like that if you wanted to be hugely negative but no, it's amazing. It's a wonderful experience and you really get to sort of feel what it would be like to live in those places across Georgia. Yeah, it's traditional You're homes. outdoors,
0: you can walk around and it's incredibly family friendly as well. We actually went to a wine festival there one time.
1: Yeah, back in 2019, pre-COVID, they're doing festivals, not just wine festivals, but all different types of festivals. So you can always look out for uh, when whenever you're here. If you're here for a short time, you can see if anything's actually going on. Yeah,
0: if there's an event happening, definitely highly recommend to going to an event that's being hosted there because it's a great location for that. But if you're just looking for something to do, definitely recommend going to check it out. Uh, opening hours are from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesday to Sunday. They are closed on Mondays. A lot of
1: places in Georgia Museum-wise are closed on Mondays.
0: Uh, ticket price as of recording this is 5GEL. But, uh, you know, that can change.
1: Everything changes. Yep. But, yeah, and this is, uh, this is not in the tourist area. So if you wanted to get there, you, I mean, you could take a bus. There are definitely buses there. Just take a look on Google Maps and it will tell you which bus number to get. Uh, but if you've got a taxi from downtown to there, it's going to cost you about 5 five or $6. Yep. Around that you can way. also go
0: and visit Turtle Lake while you're there as well. Are there turtles in Turtle Lake?
1: I, I'm not aware. I've never seen turtles at Turtle Lake. But, yeah, just up the hill from the ethnographic museum. If you want to walk, it's a bit of a hike. But, yeah, sure, if it's not too hot. Otherwise, get a taxi up to Turtle Lake first and do that. Hang out there and have lunch. Catch the cable car back down? Well, no, we'll walk down to the ethnographic museum, then get a taxi back from there or walk all the way back down. Uh, The cable car, I'm not sure that cable car has been renovated. I don't know if you want to use the cable car up there.
0: Use it at your own peril.
1: Yeah. So if you want a perilous day with a bit more adrenaline, then sure, take the cable car. Otherwise, taxis are fine. Yep. Oh, buses. Let's also use the taxis at your own peril. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the taxis are also <laughs> a little crazy here. Don't let that put you off coming to Georgia, but uh, it, it's some interesting driving going on.
0: Yep. Okay, cool. Moving right along, where else do you think is a place that people should check out that they probably haven't?
1: So this is a sort of an, a trick. This is a trick one, but it's not a trick at all. So one of the most famous attractions in Tbilisi is the sulphur baths. Yes, That's
0: why Tbilisi was formed. Apparently, the it legend is.
1: says that the, an eagle fell into the water or something and it, it? got cooked by the sulphur water and they realised, here be warm water, let's build a settlement. Yes. Allegedly, but we're not sure if any of that's true. It's a good story. It is a good story. but So the sulphur baths in downtown, of course, are a very famous attraction. However, what we find is a lot of people who come here for a few weeks, or even people who've lived here for a year or more, you say, like, so have you actually been in one and had a bath? I'm like, no.
0: Me? I was one of those people. Yeah. I was, not anymore. I was one of those people.
1: Yep. No, like, constantly we're hanging out with expats who've been here for a year or more, and we're like, should we go for the baths? So like, do people go to the baths? So like, yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. This is not just a tourist attraction. In fact, tourists don't go to the baths. They go on the free walking tour or whatever. You go take they your picture baths. outside
0: of Orbeliani Bath because it's beautiful. Yep.
1: And then they don't actually go for a bath because they didn't plan it. They haven't got time for it. They haven't got two hours to go and do a bath. But actually, it's fantastic. And you can book private baths uh, with like two people or with like 10 people if you've got a group of friends. Or you can go to one of the public baths, which are not quite as fancy. I don't think there are any fancy public baths. But no. the private baths are, are very nice. There's a few, as we said, Orbeliani. Uh, is one of the best ones. And what else what else do people need to know about sulfur baths?
0: So yeah, so it is a hot sulfur spring bath. So there is a whole bunch of medicinal benefits to actually bathing in this. We're gonna do an episode on the baths entirely and I'll go break down like a few of the different places. It is my goal right now to visit them all and I do it for you, my listeners, because I'm dedicated I am, I'm dedicated to my work. So I'm visiting all the baths just for you and I can tell you all about the experiences.
1: Yep. Yes. I have a whole list of reviews very soon.
0: Exactly. But it is actually a, you know, if you get a group of people together, it is a very affordable time out and you go and have a bit of relaxation. It is entirely up to you whether you decide to get naked with everyone or not. Most people just get naked because no one cares. It's well, fine. Yeah, when it's a private
1: room. And, of course, when it's a private room, it's mixed gender, but the uh, the public ones are segregated, of course. Of course. Uh, well, not of course because some countries don't care about that stuff, but uh, that's definitely here. true here.
0: Uh, yeah, so you can choose to get a scrub, which I do highly recommend, um, and a massage. An which
1: aggressive scrub. It is. They will scrub the hell out of your skin, and then they will pour hot water over it, and you will, you will zing. It's an... Your skin will zing. You
0: will zing. Zing's yes. a good word. You yes. will zing. It's very invigorating. But uh, yeah, a wonderful experience. And I think it's a very relaxing thing to do and uh, go and spend your afternoon relaxing and doing that. And as we said, I don't think a lot of people actually go and do it. They just know that it's there and don't actually go and have a bath.
1: Yeah. And it's actually really super affordable. Uh, it's sort of starting from maybe $10 per person. And if you go to one of the public baths, they're actually really cheap. But as I said, they're maybe not quite as uh, as fancy. So Yeah. Sort of starting for that. You, you get a massive room and share it between everybody in one of the fancy baths, and then you're paying like yep. $20, $30 per person or something, maybe. Uh, scrub
0: or- and massage services are extra, but honestly, it's about 20 gel. So that's 6 $7 for an, yeah. an additional scrub.
1: So definitely worth it. Uh, yeah, or Belliani, we mentioned, is probably the fanciest one. Gulo's uh, is a little bit less fancy and a bit cheaper, but yep. uh, also really, really nice.
0: And number five is also a popular one to
1: visit. Nice. All right. So we've uh, we've limbered up. We we went for a bit of a walk around the Ethnographic Museum. We got a soak on to chill out after that. What are we going to do next? We
0: have to do one of the other most traditional things to do in Tbilisi. You go for a bath. It's very traditional, very old. What else do you do? You drink wine. It's also very traditional and very old.
1: Yeah. And speaking of wine, if you're in that bath, you can take your own wine in with you or you, you can order. You can. They have waiter service. They bring you alcoholic drinks to your bath.
0: It's wonderful. Yep. It's a glorious
1: experience. Yep. Uh, it's very cool. So yeah, the Tbilisi Wine Museum is new, right? This this actually only opens uh, in 2020. Is that right?
0: Yes, yeah it, it it opened really, really recently. So basically, the building that it's in is the old camel stations from the Silk Road. So you can actually see the big domes of where they would have brought their they would have rode their camels into this building, and the camels would have slept in the the barn at the night, and then there was actually apartments above where where the people the merchants and everything stayed and they would hang their rugs and all of their things over the railings and sell their wares and do all of that sort of stuff but they've actually modernized it all and turned it into a museum and in the very pit of it in the very bottom
1: the basement the
0: basement is a wine museum
1: yeah and you can walk around the all these rooms they're still excavating the space actually so as you go around the the guide there was showing us uh, exactly. Like this part is going to be excavated. This tunnel will eventually lead into a a cathedral next door, Sioni Cathedral, which is uh, just over the street. And it's quite amazing that these old tunnels, of course, uh, exist in downtown Tbilisi. Like they do in in France and other places, you know, these catacombs and old tunnels. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this place, when we first got here, uh, well, when we first went there in 2018 was the first time we went in there on a tour. There was nothing there. It was like a, a vacant building. And we just went in there to learn about the history of the Silk Road. But now it, the main part of it, the upstairs part, has been fully renovated. There's lots of really good gift shops with uh, wonderful souvenirs that are really nicely made stuff. And yeah. there's a wine shop there where you can sit down and try different artisan wines.
0: And actually at that uh, wine place, the, the best sommelier in Georgia, he was voted 2020-2021 uh, best sommelier of Georgia, is actually working there to serve you wine. So, yeah, Jabba. he knows what he's talking about.
1: Jabba is there. He is there serving wine. Uh, and yeah, so in, in the upstairs, there's a regular Tbilisi museum, which actually I highly recommend as well. Very interesting, sort of like old photos that have been colorized and, and other things. So you can see like what it would have looked like and pictures of the city from yeah. 100 years ago, 150 years ago. Things
0: One like of the things that continues to astound and impress me with Tbilisi and, and Georgia is their photographic history. I just always, I don't know why, I'm just continuously surprised that they were taking photos so long ago. in
1: the 19th century. Yeah, yeah.
0: they've just oh, got this amazing history of photos. And in this particular museum, they've actually colorized a lot of them and it gives this sort of modern feel to it. And, you, yeah, you can just sort of take a step in and, and, and feel like what it was like to live in Tbilisi in those days.
1: Yeah, but I think if you're a regular sort of tourist or, or anyone just walking into this building, uh, which is in downtown, uh, it's in the old town, If you're walking in there, you will probably not even realize there's a wine museum downstairs. You will go to the main museum upstairs, maybe you'll stop for a glass of wine, and it's not really that obvious that if you then walk past the wine bar at the bottom, there's a set of steps that lead into the basement, and then you've got all this exhibit in there, and uh, they're building that into like a restaurant space down there and extending it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a really pretty fascinating little spot. And especially like if you are here only just for a short amount of time, and you don't have time to do like a full wine tour and go out to wine country or anything like that, then you're going to learn a bit about sort of like the history of winemaking in georgia as well. So that's that's a nice touch. But I think it's interesting to go there even if you know about the history of winemaking and know all about georgian wine and you've lived here for a few years. Yeah. Uh, like we have then it's still really interesting to see this place because it's just such an old cellar. I think 17th or 16th or 17th century. I think 17th century they said. I can't remember. Yeah. That I did not make a note of, but no. yeah, it, it's old anyway. It's really old.
0: Yeah. Uh really impressive. Loved it. All right. What else do you recommend people do for a bit of a unusual thing in Tbilisi.
1: So this is another one that I think that a lot of people have heard about it, but they don't necessarily make an actual, uh, they don't actually make time on their trip to do it. And some locals who've been here have maybe done it once or or not at all. But going to see uh, the polyphonic singing and traditional dance shows, which they have in a lot of restaurants, now, anyone who was here during COVID, anyone who arrived in 2020 or 2021, which a lot of people did, I mean, we know lots of expats who have only been here for like six months or less or, mm-hmm. or a year or whatever. Uh, they wouldn't really have been exposed to these regular shows because back in 2019 and before, a lot of the restaurants would have these, uh, these singing and dancing shows constantly, like every night of the week. And there'd be loads of places all over town that do them. And now we ended up in a situation where during COVID, almost all of that was cancelled, but it has started coming back. So there's definitely some good places that are now doing it. Now, the polyphonic singing and the dance is something we're going to talk about in another episode, because, of course, that's a massive part of Georgian culture. But just to emphasize how important this singing is, it was one of the pieces of information that was recorded on the gold disc that was sent out on Voyager, uh, the Voyager spacecraft in the 1970s. Uh, And it's amazing uh, sound of typically four or five singers together uh, singing in perfect harmony, singing sort of traditional folk music. It's a beautiful sound. I mean, you must be a fan of this as well. We we try to go and see this whenever we can. It's really such a wonderful thing to listen to.
0: It really is. And it's, I don't know, I think when we first came here in 2016, we were sitting in a bar, having some kankali and beer, of course. And then suddenly these guys in the corner just started singing because it's so ingrained in the culture. So if you can actually go along and see professionals do it, because these guys sitting in, in a bar, were fantastic
1: yeah they were already really good
0: yeah and then you go and see the guys singing the professionals and then you see the traditional dancing as well which is just out of this world dancing that I do not know how the guys get on like stand on their toes like they do It is and jump as high as they jump it's amazing so I I think no matter how long you've lived in Tbilisi it's always worth going to see one of these shows. Yeah,
1: I'll keep going back to them. The singing always. alone. I mean, the dance. The dance routines. Uh, they have like set pieces that they normally do. So no matter which restaurant you go to, there's like some very specific traditional dances uh, that you'll see. Uh, a lot of male dancers, and normally maybe one one female dancer is sort of a typical troupe, But it does vary. Sometimes there's, uh, mm-hmm. there's with more female dancers as well. So it depends what, what you're going to go and see.
0: But, All right. So you said yeah. a lot of places did happen. You know, sadly closed down during the COVID. What ones have we discovered that are, are redoing, have reopened, and doing this dancing shows again?
1: Places that are now putting on the singing and dancing uh, most nights of the week, if not every night of the week. Uh, ethno Siskvilli. So we're saying about Ethno and Ethno. Um, ethno. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've chosen the Ethno spelling. If you're going to look that up, but if you just type in Siskvilli, which there's no way you'll figure out how to spell that without me spelling it for you. So a T S I K V I L I Siskvili.
0: The good thing about Georgia is a lot of things are quite phonetic. So if you actually just sort of sound them out, you will get pretty close.
1: TS is quite a hard one to pronounce. Yeah. But um, that's that's way out of town. So look, this is one of the coolest places to go just because the venue in, in general is really good. They've got a waterfall uh, in the back of the restaurant. Uh, they've got different types of rooms. They have a funicular. Really nice. Yeah, they have a little mini <laughs> a funicular, little funicular that goes up by the waterfall. Uh, it sounds a little cheesy, but when you see this stuff, you're like, no, nah, this that's is fun. It's fun. fun. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, so they do regular shows. And they've got a really big sort of concert area now, but it depends. Uh, some nights they have pop music on, uh, but they do normally have the traditional stuff as well. But you have to be in the right room, so ask them. And oh, this is one of the only places in Tbilisi where you have to wear proper shoes and trousers if you're a guy. And
0: a collared shirt. And
1: a collared shirt normally mm-hmm. as well, to go in the main area. If you want to hang out in the casual section, then you might not have to do that. Uh, the next one is very hard to pronounce. Mravallajamieri. Very hard to pronounce. Now... I really, really love, this is my favourite show. We haven't been there since they started up again, but previous to COVID, the, the singers there and the band were amazing. Absolutely loved it. And,
0: and there was one dude who jumped higher than I've seen yeah. anybody jump. Like, he was just soaring through the air.
1: Yeah, incredible. Uh really, really love that. I hope they've still got the same team on. But uh, either way, they do have a team working there again now, and I'm sure it will be good because uh, most of these dancers and good. singers are always good. They don't really hire bad dancers and singers for these shows. The food there wasn't like my favorite food. Uh, Ethno really is better, but uh, it's much closer to downtown. So it's like a 10-minute taxi ride, 15-minute taxi ride. Yeah. So that's oh, a good one.
0: I should also just mention partway through, we are going to have links to all of these restaurants in the show notes. So just keep an eye on the show notes and you can actually see all the spelling and, and links and everything. And we'll have it all in the show notes for you.
1: Yep. One other to mention, if you do want to go to something that's very right in the middle of downtown, then uh, Alani in the old town. Also, like it's a bit more touristy than everywhere else. So it's not going to be my top pick. But if you are, you just want something that's there and walking distance because you're here as a tourist, then you can try that one out. But I would suggest going to one of the others Another place that we really love the food for is Georgian House. Food is amazing.
0: Always good food. Really good. Good service too.
1: Very good service. Not too far out of Old Town. No. But the uh, the dance show has not restarted yet, but hopefully it will. By the time you listen to this, maybe it has. So give them a call. Yeah. And the, the singers, they do have, they have restarted Tuesday to Sunday. So that's also good. And that's probably my favorite food out of those four options. So if you want the best food, but you don't care so much about the show, but you want to see a bit of the show, then do that one. All right. So yeah. Singing and dancing. Super do important. It. I think people skip it. They don't realize, they think they have to go to a theater to see this or like to book a stage. Which show. is they also
0: don't. wonderful yeah, when they do, do come to town. It is absolutely fantastic to do that, but you can see it on a more regular basis. And uh, on a I smaller highly. Smaller scale. Smaller scale. And I highly recommend that you do because it, I don't know, it's
1: just energizing. Yeah. And typically you don't pay entrance fee for this. It's like dinner theater that's included with the meal. Totally. Yeah. totally. So you just book a table. And these places can be actually fully booked. So really do book a table a few days in advance. Sometimes, especially Mm -hmm. on like a Saturday night, they can be fully booked.
0: All right. A place that I have to admit we only just got to ourselves recently because we've been putting it off for ages because it's always just there. It's one of those things when you live in a place, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll get there. And then you find out that you've lived in the the country for three years and you haven't got there. So we finally went.
1: Stonehenge. (laughs) (laughs) Any Spinal Tap fans? Yeah, this is the Georgian Stonehenge. It's called the Chronicles of Georgia. And it, it is pretty huge. Um, I mean, I've been to Stonehenge. I'm from England and I actually grew up very close to Stonehenge. But uh, the stones here are significantly larger. But of course, they were built by modern <laughs> modern uh, construction and not by uh, Neolithic people. No. Or whenever Stonehenge was built. Actually, I don't remember which age it was exactly. The Stone Age, I assume. Maybe. <laughs> that I mean, would kind of make sense. would sort of make a definition of yeah. Stonehenge to be the Stone Age. but uh, Who knows? Yeah, I'm not a historian. That's why we're going to get historians on the show to talk about those topics. It's quite a little bit out of the city. So it's somewhere that I think most tourists don't really know about. Uh, you, you see it in the distance,
0: but yeah. you don't necessarily know how to get there.
1: Yeah, it's way, way out. But if yeah. you look on a map, you can figure it out and uh, you can definitely get a taxi out there or you can book a guide or whatever. It's not. I mean, it's it's like a 25-minute drive out from the the old town. So it's not really that much further than if you're going to the ethnographic museum that we mentioned as well, but in a completely different direction. Uh, It's right next to Tbilisi Sea, which is actually a reservoir. um, And it's the only sort of big, large space of water, apart from the smaller lakes, uh, where you can hang out. It's not really super developed. It's not really a developed area. So you're not going out there to stay in luxury hotels, although there's a couple of hotels out there. Uh, But yeah. But uh, it's still nice if it's during the summer that you're near the water and a bit of the breeze is coming up off that and you're cooling you down because it does get a bit hot here during the middle of the summer. So what's, what is this thing about? What is Chronicles of Georgia about?
0: Okay, so it's 16 different pillars that are like 30 to 35 meters tall and they have lots of pictures of kings and queens and heroes and all of that sort of stuff. And then, of course, there's also stories depicting the life of Christ Lots of different stuff. So this is actually like an art piece that's being created and it isn't actually finished yet. So there's still some work that's being done on it, apparently. Uh, it's kind of like the cathedral in Barcelona. It just keeps on going.
1: Yeah. So they started it in 1985, right? That's So it's, it's been a while. Yes. And uh, they did quite a lot, but now they're still doing more.
0: Yeah. One of the interesting things about this attraction is that, well, one, it's free, and two, it's open 24 hours a day. So you can go whenever you like to go and check it out. I do probably recommend going, I mean, depends on the time of year that you come, but probably like eight o'clock in the morning, you're going to have the most quiet time. You'll have plenty of sunlight and it'll, yeah, it'll just be like nice and quiet and you get it to yourself. Where if you go a little bit later in the day, it's a lot hotter and there'll be a lot more people
1: around. Yeah. Not a ton of shade up there, but it's cool. It's sort of, it's pretty epic. Like it's just this massive, massive set of monuments, really, uh, and towering over you as you walk around. So, yeah, I, yeah, I loved it. Uh, yeah, you only need like twenty, thirty minutes to go there to actually be there. No, but if you're well, looking for I'm that like super cool
0: Instagram shot, that's the place.
1: Yeah, pretty epic.
0: Speaking of super cool Instagram shots, even
1: cooler, actually, I'd say this mm-hmm. next one.
0: Uh, yeah, we're talking about Gallery Twenty Seven, the Kaleidoscope House.
1: Yeah. Now this is like this is just like some local residents decided. Let's, uh, you know, let's make our place a little bit nicer. Well,
0: yeah, it is a gallery as well. So I don't know if the gallery did it or if the residents did it. I know it's a 19th century building. There's not a lot of information about this place. It's just there and it's cool.
1: Yeah. So it's about a five to 10 minute walk from the center of the old town, from the Medan, which is like the main square. And you just walk up the hill a little bit. And essentially it's one of these old uh, Italian courtyard type places but they've refitted all of the glass with coloured glass, basically, mm-hmm. and, and all different colours, so it looks like a kaleidoscope inside. Yeah, when so, the sun
0: hits it in the right way, you've got all these you know, beautiful colours just cascading along the floor. It's really beautiful. We had our wedding photos there.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have some great photos from our wedding there. It, yeah, the colours are amazing. And there's so many different places around Tbilisi where you'll find these Italian courtyards. I, I don't. We're going to talk about the history of that in another episode because that's a, a pretty big thing but these are the sort of traditional old style way of living in Georgia where everyone lives around like a central courtyard. Uh, so there's all these different apartments and everyone has shared balconies and it's a very social way of living. And that's like the very traditional way to live in old Georgia. And still today, there's so many places that are actually designed like this. these old heritage buildings are either being restored or they're just being of Well, they're still in a bit of disrepair, but, you know, everyone still lives in these places. Mm -hmm. It's not a museum yet. Uh, But this place has sort of like a gift shop upstairs and you can get some really cool craft items and things like that. Really easy place to just go and get some nice Instagram shots and just hang out there for like 20, 30 minutes or whatever and enjoy the vibe. It's peaceful. I like it.
0: What is next on our list of unknown Tbilisi attractions?
1: All right, this one I'll pronounce incorrectly as well. Apologies again. Uh, Anchiscati Basilica. Now, Anchiscati is, is actually the oldest surviving church uh, in the whole of Tbilisi. However, because there are other churches that are very large, high profile in very obvious places, I don't think many people even realize that this is the oldest one. So this was actually built by King Dachi of Iberia in the 6th century. So this is even before Georgia was fully Georgia because the whole country wasn't united till much later. So this area was called Iberia at that time. Uh, And this, yeah, it's a regular church. Uh, It's just a lot older than some of the other ones.
0: Apparently it's the second oldest in all of Georgia, actually. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you'll find this down by the Puppet Theatre. So it's sort of like a 10-minute walk from the Medan parallel to the riverfront. Uh, along some of the little side streets there past a bunch of restaurants and then and you'll find this it's sort of hidden
0: yeah it's very unassuming but there's a lot of history that goes on with this place it's like been uh you know trashed and rebuilt a bunch of times by different invaders and yet it's still there
1: yeah so you just wouldn't know it. you'd walk past it and just go it's another church you wouldn't realize so yeah there's just this arch uh, as you walk uh part, like from the puppet theater you walk towards the old town and just like a, a few meters from there you'll see an arch and there's a building underneath there with some religious iconography, and uh, that's it. That's the church. So pop in there and have a look.
0: Uh, another place that we do highly recommend checking out is the Desert Bazaar. Now, I'm going to mention this a few times in different episodes, but one of my most favorite sort of little documentary TV shows, things that I've watched about Georgia is called The Trader. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great show. It's on Very Netflix. Cool. Hopefully, you can get it on Netflix wherever you are in the world. And it's pretty much like this guy that buys up all these things. He buys up like, like exercise books and and shoes and kids' toys and belts and jackets and different things. And he takes them all out into the countryside and pretty much barter's them for potatoes. And so all the people come up and they're like, "How much is you know how much are these pair this pair of shoes?" And he's like, "Well, it's five kilos of potatoes." And they're like, "You're crazy." What? What? That's four in. kilos. Oh, I'll give you four kilos of potatoes. For those I- shoes. <laughs> they are so last year. Basic. I saw them in last year's edition of Vogue, like Spring summer collection. Yeah.
1: No. Three kilos, actually. Yeah. Because right, I've changed my mind. Definitely. Last offer.
0: So, And then he trades them all for potatoes, and then he gets all the potatoes and brings them back into Tbilisi, and then he sells everybody the potatoes, and then he does it all over again. It's a really great show. I can't even call it a show. It's just a… Yeah,
1: it's a documentary. It's
0: a documentary. Uh, very much worth watching. But uh, where he would have been selling the potatoes would have been the Deserta Bazaar.
1: Yeah, he brings the potatoes back to Tbilisi and the Deserter Bazaar is the largest food market in Georgia. So every sort of truck that's bringing food to Tbilisi is bringing the food there. Most of the places where you buy any produce around the city have gone there first thing in the morning. Picked up a whole bunch of stuff at the lowest prices and then brought them to their own place and then reselling them for a profit. Mm -hmm. And that's how it works. So, this is the central place. It's pretty crazy. It's definitely not touristy at all. No. And I think a lot of expats have probably heard of this bazaar, but they haven't necessarily actually gone shopping there because it is a bit intimidating and a bit overwhelming with just how many stores there are. And a lot of vendors don't speak any English at all. So, it's great if you can uh, get a guide to take you around or if you have a Georgian friend, then just say, hey, do you want to? Go to the bazaar and, and let's hang out and, and do some stuff.
0: Or, you know, just pluck up the courage to turn up and you know, everybody's perfectly polite and just yeah. and just charades your way through the entire experience. Yeah.
1: It's gonna be fun even if you're doing made-up sign language and pointing at things and using calculators on your phone to figure out what to buy at what prices. Yeah. It's still gonna be interesting. And and even if you don't get to speak to everybody, uh, you're still gonna see things going on. Like uh the old ladies who sell flour up in the the upstairs area and the cheese stalls. Uh, they'll give you little samples and it's still, as I said, it's so non-touristy that everyone sees tourists when the few times that they do go there and they're actually very excited to see you mm-hmm. rather than you being, oh, it's a walking dollar sign and let's try and sell you something for 10 times the price. It's still a very honest place and uh, a wonderful sort of experience to to see what it's like a, an everyday shopping trip for uh, Georgians.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, uh, as we said, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but very much an experience that is worth having. Uh, yeah, they have everything there. I like to go and watch the cats.
1: Yeah. Well, I always like to watch cats no matter where we go. That is true. But I remember we went to the Deserter Bazaar when we were getting costumes for Halloween. We went to the second-hand clothes market there and we we're just buying yes. random stuff. So if you are from Australia or any other country that has op shops, charity shops, where you, you buy old clothes for, for cheap money for dress-up and that sort of thing, then uh, they have a few places there. Like a really Well, no, not a few places. A really big sort of hangar almost of places with clothes as well. Yeah. And this bazaar stretches all over the place. So, it like, goes the main all part, the way
0: up to Station Square. Yeah,
1: which is where the main railway station is. Yeah. So, you'll go through, like, the main area where there's lots of food, and then there's, like, some sort of tunnel areas, and then there's other buildings closer to Station Square. Yeah. Crazy. A complete maze, which is why it's also helpful to have someone who knows the place show you around. Uh
0: huh. All
1: right. Well, uh, that's it from our list today. As you said, we're going to come back with a a more traditional attractions episode at some point in the future that will cover some of the big ones. But we, yeah, we wanted to share this to start with some sort of more off-track things. Because let's face it, you can type into Google top attractions and you're going to find the top five anyway. Not that we won't talk about them on a podcast, but we want to do something a little bit different.
0: Yeah, but I would also like to hear what your favorite off-the-beaten-path attraction is in Tbilisi. If you've lived here for a while and there's a place that you know about that you think is super awesome, let us know because maybe we haven't been there and we want to learn about super awesome places too. So you can email me at Megzy at foodfuntravel.com or you can contact me on social media, on Facebook or Instagram at Tbilisi Podcast. And tell us about the really cool places that you've discovered that are a bit off the beaten path that you like to go to in Tbilisi.
1: Nice. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. We've got loads more episodes coming up. We've got a lot planned over the next year or two. And going forward from that, I hope it's just going to keep going. That's the
0: plan. I can't wait. Every week.
1: So yeah, uh, just a note on us as well. Uh, I'm Tom from uh, eatthistours.com. You can join any of my Georgian guides uh, and our sommelier, depending on who you book, on any of our tours going out to wine country. Uh, That's our main focus at the moment. But we do also have some Tbilisi-based tours. But mainly they start from Tbilisi and head out to the wine country. And you can try some local artisan wines with the winemakers themselves. We're going to be talking about wine and food and other episodes for sure because that's one of our main things that we love to talk about.
0: Yep. Uh, And I'm Meg from foodfuntravel.com. Check out our Georgia content if you want a little bit more information about especially the things to eat, different restaurants to go to. I am the person to check out about
1: food. Nice. And, of course, if you've enjoyed the show, leave us a review. So this is a brand new show. We've got loads of episodes coming. We've already recorded a few. They're going to be released uh, in the next coming weeks. Or maybe you're listening to this way in the future, in the the future times, in 2050. And you're going, wow, those guys must be dead by now. It's a very sad, (laughs) sad
0: thought. That's depressing. (laughs) Jesus.
1: Let's hope that our podcast is so successful that people are listening to us in 2050. It seems incredibly unlikely, but you never know. Never know. Of course, I'll be a bionic human by then, so I won't be dead. It's only be...
0: 30 years,
1: honestly. Oh, yeah, actually, I will still be alive, yeah, maybe. Hopefully. i got a solid chance. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. I, for some reason, I thought it was still 1990. I, it does I don't feel that way. Yeah, I'm going to go put
0: butterfly clips in my hair and put on my blue eyeshadow and head out to a party, listening to Aqua and do the Macarena.
1: So, yeah, leave us a five-star review if you can. That would be awesome. Uh, If not, just, you know, share, just let people know that this podcast exists because there's not a lot of podcasts about Tbilisi that, I mean, there's, there's barely any information on podcasts about Georgia in general, and we are going to change that. That's why we're here.
0: Thanks for listening to the Tbilisi podcast connect with us at foodfundtravel.com slash Tbilisi podcast where you can find all relevant social media links join our email newsletter and discover more about travel, tours and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfuntravel.com, expathub.ge and eatthistours.com